What is up, high achievers, and welcome to another episode of the Consistency Wins Podcast. Got another great episode coming to you this week. A lot of people ask me, how do I get into real estate? That's a loaded question. There are a lot of things in the real estate industry. Today, we have Hayato Hori here to talk to you about the wholesaling side of real estate, which is a very cost-efficient way to break in to the real estate market to then eventually get the funds to invest. So super excited for this one. We're going to hop right into the interview. Enjoy it. All right, we got here Hayato Hori in the virtual Zencaster studio. Hayato, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. How are you doing, man? I know I know you're out in Long Beach, California. We were just talking about it. So so you were a referral from Antoine Martel. Why don't you unpack that a little bit? How did you know Antoine? Do you guys do business together? And then we'll we'll go into your specific business as well. Yeah, so actually we went to the same university. We both went to Loyola Marymount University. Uh, it's in Playa del Rey in, in LA. And so we first met playing soccer, actually. Uh, he went to the club team. He joined the club team that I was also playing in. And that's how we first got acclimated and started. And actually we're both entrepreneurship majors uh, in that university. And I know a lot of universities don't have entrepreneurship as a major, but our university did, which is awesome because that's exactly what you know him and I wanted to do. And so actually in university, we both started like one or two businesses together doing like Amazon FBA and whatnot to see how those things would go. And we kind of learned that we both had very similar uh visions and goals and work ethic when starting businesses and so from there we got really really close uh, especially playing soccer with him a lot and eventually he was my roommate as well throughout college and even after as well I lived with him for like a few years uh, now we're not living together uh, he's down, he's in downtown LA and I'm in Long Beach California uh, but that's how we first got acclimated to you know to each other and then after that, uh, he started his turnkey company in real estate in college. And so I kind of saw him grow his business from scratch during college all the way up to where it is now. And so obviously my goal was to start a company as well. And I started a bunch of different companies until I started the company that I currently have, which is Rocket Offer. Um, and so we were dabbling on a lot of things and I saw his success and I was like, Hey, like what's the biggest problem that you have in your turnkey business or what's like the biggest issue you run with? And he was saying, well, it's always tough to find good deals. And a lot of the wholesalers that he works with, they're not as transparent or reputable or, uh, you know, as trustworthy as they can be. And so that's when I was like, okay, then why don't we start a wholesaling business and see if you might want to buy some of those properties for your turnkey business. And so that's kind of how we started. Uh, and then we started in December, 2019. Uh, we started with doing, you know, no deals. And then within like 45 days, we got our very first deal. And then all the way up to now, we've grown that business into about 16 employees. And now we do about 15 to 20 deals every single month. Wow. that That's insane, man. Thank you for sharing that story. And we, we have a lot to unpack there. But first, why don't we circle back and for people that don't know this game, 
why don't you just give a very surface level presentation of what wholesaling is? Sure. So wholesaling essentially is you go to a seller of a property and you say, hey, I'm interested in purchasing your property. You sign a purchase and sale agreement contract. And then once you get that contract signed with that seller, you then put your fee on top. So let's say you got that property for $40,000, then you can put a $10,000 assignment fee and you can go ahead and sell it to an investor for $50,000 because you got it at such a discounted price uh, that you can make your fee and the investor will still make money on it just because it's such a good deal even then. And so you would send an assignment contract to the investor. Once they sign that, you bring both contracts over to the title company or an attorney, and then they'll go ahead and close the entire transaction from there. I may have kind of missed this up to this point. How did you get into this space? Like, what was it that, like, how did you learn from all this stuff? How, How did you get this started? Yeah, so that's a great question. Honestly, in the beginning, I had no clue (laughs) what I was doing. I had no idea how to, you know, go about real estate. I actually bought my first rental from Antoine, uh, from Martel Turnkey. Uh, It was a turnkey property that I bought in Memphis, Tennessee, just to see like how it would be to purchase a rental property, how I would collect rent, how property management worked, how, you know, buying properties out of state would be. And so that was really my only experience. And so I really had no clue how title work, you know, worked. I didn't even know what liens were. I barely knew, uh, you know, how to put the contracts together, but really I just dove right in, talked to some of the bigger players in the industry who's been doing this for a while and try to get as much of their insight and input as possible. And really, I just kind of learned as I went. A lot of young entrepreneurs, young business people are, at least the feedback that I get, and I've, I've shared some of this insecurity as well. We're all younger voices on this microphone, right? So what, do, what was that like for you talking to, to, to folks that, you know, they may have, you know, seven figures in their bank account. And as a younger person, you're just starting out, just thinking back to where you were when you first started out. What was that dynamic like? And then, um, you know, where you are, where are you today as far as like, you know, your age and how does that impact your relationships, if anything now, professionally? Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, like if, any young person's trying to get into real estate. There's more young people getting into real estate, but the majority of them are still older. I would say like 40 or 50 plus. And like you said, they have a lot of experience, but I think that you can use that as your advantage because I would go in and say like, Hey, I'm, I'm this young guy trying to get into real estate. I want to get to where you are. How are you doing it? And a lot of the people who are experienced, who's done it for a long time, they want to help. The younger generation, they want to help you kind right. of succeed and get to where they are. So they're more than willing to share what's working for them, what they've learned in the past. And you can use that young card to actually get a lot of information and use it to your leverage. Because a lot of people feel like, hey, I'm young. They're not going to take me seriously. But if you go in into the mentality as I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. And also, if you do homework, if you do your homework and continue to learn 
they'll really appreciate that. And the more you show your knowledge to a lot of these investors and people, they're going to be like, wow, how do you know so much at a young age? And actually, you become mm-hmm. even more reputable because you know some things that maybe a lot of the new retail investors who are 40 or 50 don't know. And they really want to learn from you because they know the hustle that you put in and the knowledge that you've gained throughout the years. Dude, that is so well said because I've, I've always had this self-limiting belief as a 25-year-old, like, you know, why would anyone want to hear from me, mm-hmm. right? And what I've come to learn is if, if I just bring somebody massive, massive value without expecting anything in return, you know, these people are actually going to serve me so much because they see themselves, like they see me in themselves, like when they were younger, you know, really hungry to learn. And I think people that are genuinely... Uh, have integrity and are of a status of quote unquote success at an older age, they see us really hungry, really willing to bring value and bringing in those new fresh ideas. And they're actually going to lean on us for a lot. So that's, that's a really good point that you just brought up there. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And I completely agree with you too. Like I'm also 25 and a lot of the people that we talk with, we work with a lot of different kinds of investors. We work with retail investors who are looking to buy their first rental property all the way up to institutional investors who work, you know, who buy like 30 to 50 properties, even 100 properties a month. And so it really varies, but having that knowledge and having that sense to learn, a lot of people are willing to help. Even the hedge funds are like, okay, then how can I help you? How can we do this correct so that we can go ahead and get the right deals for you? And they're obviously like, okay, great. Then why don't you try this, this, and this? And even those people in hedge funds, they're willing to help. And at that point, you'll gain enough information and knowledge to where you can start giving advice to the retail investors who are maybe 40 or 50 that want to get into the game and they can trust you and know that you know exactly what you're talking about. That's amazing, man. It's just when done right, it's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. So cool, man. And so from a logistical standpoint, I know you're in California Definitely tough, in my opinion, to find some deals there with all the laws and you mm. know, the prices and stuff like that. Are you looking in other states just virtually? How does your business model work? Yeah, so we do everything virtually and out of state. So I don't touch anything in California currently. Uh, we might come here pretty soon because we know how crazy the market is. You list something and it goes 50K above asking price. <laughs> and so uh for now we haven't just because in the beginning i'm like okay well let me see if i can find something in california well everything's above five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know in purchase price for a single family home and normally those homes are sometimes you know two bed one bath three bed one bath less than a thousand square feet it's, it's incredible like, right that's the same yeah. thing here in long island new york it's you know you're you're on 60 by 100 property and the house is a million bucks it's nuts i know it's insane i mean condominiums like apartments go for that much so it's it's really crazy and so i'm like okay well i was trying to house hack but i can't i cannot house hack here in california like it just doesn't make sense with the price currently and also it's just too expensive like i just got out of college i, I had my first like w2 job then and I didn't. Ha- I wasn't making crazy amounts of money. You know, I, I was not going to be able to afford anything here. And so during college, you know, all with all the side hustles and everything, I had about twenty grand, um, and that's how I bought my first rental. And so I saw it, when you buy properties out of state, I was like, "What? You can buy a rental for seventy thousand dollars?" And that's exactly how much my very first rental cost in Memphis, Tennessee. And so I was like, "Oh, like." 
Why don't people just buy out of state if it's too expensive in their own areas? And so when we first got into the wholesaling business, we only looked at the Midwest market that were cash flowing and it was appreciating neighborhoods. Uh, and so once we've got in into those markets, we saw that we can get properties for, you know, 30, 40, $50,000. We've gotten properties as low as like five, $10,000 before too, which is pretty crazy to me. Wow. When I first started, I was like, there's no way you can get a property for that much, but you really can. And so when we first got in, obviously I wasn't about to fly into the Cleveland or Memphis or St. Louis every single, you know, week or every single month to close deals. So we had to run everything virtual and we set everything up to be run virtually. And so actually that was kind of great for us because we started in December, 2019 and I quit my full-time job in January, 2020. And then obviously three months later, COVID hit and we're looking at each other. My, my business partner and I were like, Holy crap. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> little do, little do you know that's the best thing that's ever happened for your business probably. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, man, what's going to happen to the real estate industry? We're, we're barely in like three or four months. And crazy thing is it kind of worked in our favor. It, it's not like great to say, cause obviously COVID sucks. You know, it's not fun for anyone, but it kind of was a blessing in disguise that we did run everything virtually because our business didn't change. In fact, it scaled even more because we were running things virtually and we ran things through software and systems and processes so that we could do it without actually going to that market. Yeah, I love that. And so my question to you is, how have you seen the transition? Because you started right before covid now I know there's, you know, the, the, the massive competition in finding deals like companies like Berkshire Hathaway, just buying up inventory just to buy it, just to have it over asking price and things like that. How have you seen that transition in the last two years and how competitive it's been to find deals? Yeah, so it's been quite crazy. So in the beginning of 2020, we were getting a decent amount of properties under contract, even just starting out. Um, and we actually recently went to a conference, a single family real estate conference in Miami. We're going to another one in Arizona pretty soon. And it's with these huge institutional investors and funds, hedge funds uh, that buy like 100,000, 2,000 properties a month. And so we kind of got an insight on how they're buying. And you're exactly right. like They're really ramping up their purchasing of these single family homes, A, because the multifamily space, it's getting like they're not creating more apartment buildings and it's harder uh, to find them and source them. Whereas single family homes, they make up, you know, majority of the real estate space. And so they see that with technology and everything, now it's a lot scalable and you can actually systemize and process them a lot better way before they couldn't because technology just didn't allow them to but now they are actually being able to manage all these things because of technology and so we're seeing a lot of institutional investors jump in the markets where we were and honestly for us as like wholesale real as a wholesale real estate company it's great because if we get inventory we can sell to these institutional investors and they're quite easy to work with depending on which one they are uh, sometimes they don't respond as quickly as we'd like them to, but it's always cash offers. You know, once they say they're going to go through with it, 99% of the time they're going to make that purchase. And so it's been good for us. As for inventory, 
I still think there's plenty to go around. Uh, we kind of have like a proprietary system to acquire a lot of the properties and that's kind of where our strengths are currently. So for us, it hasn't been too crazy. It's been a little bit tougher in Memphis to get properties, but honestly, everything's going pretty well. We're still doing 15 to 20 deals a month now. And so it hasn't been too crazy for us, but I do see a lot of institutional investors jump in. So that was going to be part of my question, and I imagine you're limited at, to your to what you can how you can answer this. But what is your selection process? You know, maybe even just from a general standpoint on what that inventory looks like, what those properties look like. What is your criteria typically? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a criteria kind of systematized and based on an algorithm. So we reach out to the sellers and we ask them all these questions that we need to get answered. And based on those answers, we spit out an offer through our CRM that we can go ahead and offer that seller. And so from there, we'll say, okay, let's negotiate to this price. And we'll know that we can sell it for this much because our investors in that area are purchasing it for around that price. So we have a whole system built in an algorithm built in our CRM that gives okay. us an offer price for each property. Um, and we can go ahead and make an offer that way. Awesome. Awesome. What advice do you have for somebody who's listening to this right now that's been wanting to get into real estate, wanting to get into this space where they're running their own business, buying and selling properties, working with investors? What would you say to somebody who hasn't fully made the leap yet or is just tipping their toes in the water of research? What would you say to them would be something you wish that yourself you know, a few years back knew? Yeah. So when I first started, like I didn't, I really had no idea how real estate investing worked, or I didn't really know the ins and outs of everything. My best advice would be just dive in, analyze deals consistently. You can do that without spending any money. You can analyze deals, learn how to do it on YouTube. You don't have to spend money on a course or anything. It's possible to learn all this thing from all the resources that you can find online and just start and take action. I think that's the biggest thing, taking consistent action every single day and learning from it every single day. That got me to the place where you know my company currently is. It's just really consistency. And I think the biggest lesson I've learned is the real estate investors that actually succeed and last are the ones who don't care how long it takes but they will make sure that they will get there. So a lot of people are like, I want to get my first wholesale deal in 30 days, or I want to get my first rental property in four months. Although it's good to have some sort of goal that you have in mind. A lot of people, if they don't meet it on that timeline, they quit and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I don't want to do it anymore. It's, it's too much work. But the ones who succeed are like, I don't care how long it takes. My goal is to get a, you know, a wholesale deal in a month, but I don't care if it takes me a year or two, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to make it happen. And those are the people who start ramping up and scaling like no other. There's no such thing as unrealistic goals, only unrealistic deadlines. Yeah. Um, dude, I love everything that you just said there. And it's the, the advice is just that simple. It's just, just do it, mm -hmm. do it, fail, fuck up, re yep. reassess and just go do it some more. And yep. I love the you know, the input and consistency. I don't know if you know, that's our mantra. Land and I own the trademark to this, uh, you know, our, our company being built out right now is called Consistency Wins. Oh, that's um, awesome. 
Yeah, so, you know, every person that is making things happen, taking action, or even in a position of success would agree that consistency wins, right? It's just doing mm-hmm. some small action. And that small action could be as small as, like you said, just looking at deals, monitoring the markets. So I, I just can't stand the fake confusion people give when they say they want something and they're not willing to put even 10% effort because they're trying to wait until they're ready, quote unquote ready. Because if you wait until you're ready, you're going to be dead before you are. So yeah. Um, I appreciate you saying that, man. So, you know, before we wrap up, I have a couple more questions. I did want to ask, you know, being 25 and you started this, I'm assuming when you were 23, because you said two years ago. Yeah. How did it look like, you know, you said you have 16 employees. What did that process look like of hiring people? Um, How'd you get people to listen to a 25 year old with a vision and where have you seen your leadership gone and how do you, how do you grow it? I'm sorry to, uh, that's a lot of questions in one, but just just (laughs) kind of go, go off there. No, no, that's a great question. Uh, so I've learned a lot actually, because you know when you have people in your team, when you have employees that you're hiring, they need to see and share the vision that you also have. And obviously, they are working for you and your vision. And so you want to show them, like, hey, this is where we want to go as a company, and this is what we want to do. This is how you can benefit from it as well. And, you know, personally, like my employees are probably the most important aspect of this company, just because they're the ones that are making it happen day in and day out. And if it weren't for them, there's no way I could do 15 to 20 deals on my own. It's just too much. I'll be overwhelmed and it's just not scalable. And so when we initially started, we started by hiring virtual assistants through Upwork. And so because I had a W-2 job then, I couldn't be the one cold calling from you know nine to five. I could call after that, but I wouldn't be able to call from yeah 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. because I had another job. And so how I got around that was I hired virtual assistants. I ran like e-commerce businesses and whatnot, so I had experience hiring virtual assistants. Um, and so I knew that for every five people that you hire on virtual uh, on Upwork, you'll get like one good apple. And there's usually like four um, bad apples. Uh, there's more bad apples than you get good apples. And so like we wanted to test who would be great. And by hiring like five or six people, we found out one person that was really, really good. And actually that person is still with us today, which is amazing. Like he's been with us for two years now and I think he's going to be here for the long haul. And I I hope that he stays here as long as possible. And so from there, we continued scaling on uh, with virtual assistants. I like to call them employees just because they work full time for us and they are really a part of our team. We have daily calls and everything. And so I love to... Uh, that's how we scaled a lot. And we recently hired a director of transactions. Uh, he's based in the US. He's amazing. Uh, we actually hired him in the beginning of November. So he just started, but he's absolutely crushing it. In the first two weeks, I think we got like, honestly, like 15 properties sold. Um, and so it's been really, really great. Uh, but I learned a lot about how to manage people and how the hiring process works how to pick the right person for the team, because it really, really makes a huge difference on the company. I'm really loving everything you're saying right there, man. Good, good stuff. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. So, you know, what, one of the questions I want to wrap up with is, you know, what is outside of this real estate game and outside of this business? What does the personal portfolio of Hayato Hori look like? 
And then what is your vision if everything goes to according to plan in the next five, 10 years? Yeah. So personally, I have four rentals. My goal next year is to get up to 10 rentals. And I want to, you know, by 30, I would like to have about 100 units. Personally, that would be my personal goal. And as for Rocket Offer as a company, I want to push this thing as far as it can possibly go to. And so right now we're doing 15 to 20 deals a month. I want to get it to where we're doing 100, 200 deals a month. That would be my goal and to go nationwide because we're only in four markets currently. We're looking to expand in a few other markets soon, but our goal is to be the go-to place for off-market deals nationwide. I love it. What a great name, Rocket Offer. Very catchy as well. <laughs> Thank well, you. I appreciate that. Hi, Otto, man. I, I cannot express my gratitude for you coming on and at, at 25. I know... I hate to say because I'm 25 as well, and we're we're all doing stuff. And but you hear it a lot. It was like, oh my god, you're so young, you're so ahead of your time. It's I, I hate when people say it because it's like you know I'm just doing what I was what I've been learning and just implementing mm-hmm. things. Uh, but re- you really got it figured out, man. And I've I've been telling people people that I meet at this age or even at 19, I'm like, if you're into this game right now, you you already won. All you got to now learn is just the consistency, and you you literally won the game. Um, yeah. And- so amazing stuff, man. And 100% agree too. And, you know, I think you had the same experience as me too, though. Like, we failed so much. Like, I failed so much starting other businesses. I started at least 10 businesses uh, during college and even before then. And by those failures, I was able to apply and learn all these tricks and skills and tools and that I could, you know, use in the business that I currently have. So really... Although it seems like it went well from the get-go from 2019, it really was a journey from like six, seven, eight years ago when I was putting in the work to start businesses then. And then now I can actually apply it to something that's really, really working. I found the right vehicle to get me there. And I really do believe real estate is the best vehicle to, you know, get wealth uh, in, you know, for anyone. So I found the right vehicle for me, at least, and now I can apply all the things that I've learned in all the past businesses that I've, you know, consistently learned from. And I don't like to look at those as failures because it got me to where I am today. I I only think that you fail if you give up, and that's, that's it. the only time you fail. So it's just it's just a stepping stone, man. It's a part of the roadmap, and we read it and we hear about it all the time. And so if you have that mindset. If you fail, you kind of know you're headed in the right direction as long as you're failing forward. Exactly. And then the best thing for me, I think, is to fail quickly too because then you learn quicker. Like if, you, if you're if you just waiting on the sidelines, you're like, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should, and you wait a year or two. Those are, you know, if you failed in that first day or first you know week, you would have exponentially grown and scaled faster because you learned, you know, sooner than later. Yes, yes. And, and and what holds most people back is that fear of even getting in the game because they don't want to feel embarrassed for failure. And I'm like, I love it. I, I literally love it. Or like, you know, if I get the phone hung up on me and stuff like that, it doesn't feel amazing, but mm-hmm. you know you're in the right direction because it's kind of nonstop creating those mental calluses. And you're just like, all right, on to the next one, on to this. I know where I'm headed and I know that this is just a part of the journey. Yeah, exactly. Awesome stuff, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on so much. Why don't you give us, uh, our listeners where where we can follow you, some landing pages, and uh, you know maybe some last words of wisdom. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm pretty active on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is H-A-Y-A-N-T-O-O-O. And it's like that because like it's a nickname that I had in high school and <laughs> I couldn't get it to my like first and last name. I thought it was pretty unique, but I guess not. And then uh, if you guys want to find off-market deals, you can go to rocketoffer.com slash invest. Rocket Offer is spelled without an E uh, on the offer. So please check out anything that we have there. And I guess my last advice would be, you know, just the same things that I you know said before. It's really just taking consistent action. Don't be scared. Start analyzing deals. It doesn't hurt at all. Start making offers on properties. You can always back out. You know, you have that inspection period if you need to. And really just try to learn from other people and network with other investors because they're willing to help you. I promise. Any, I haven't had an investor say, no, I don't want to help you. Everyone is willing to help each other in this industry. And I really do believe that. Hey, consistency wins, man. So well said. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you are trying to get into this into this game, specifically if you're young, you know, in your 20s, and you don't reach out to Hayato after listening to this, I don't know what you're doing. That that's a great first step. Even just you know bringing some value or just saying, hey, thanks, I love the love the episode or something. Connect with people. That's the the biggest word of advice for my for that I would give people is the last couple of years. All I've done was consistently network and create relationship capital with people, and that's a lot more important than money. I promise. Thanks so much, Hayato. Have a great day. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate you having me on the show.